Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Wednesday. OTAs roll on. No media availabilities today. However, rest assured, dear Packers fans, your Green Bay Packers are hard at work there at 1265 Lombardi. Uh, we did hear from the greater Green Bay Packer contingent, uh, including Martin Murphy and Gabrielle Dow, uh, regarding the Packers being awarded the 2025 draft earlier this morning. Just incredibly exciting, obviously, for everybody involved. Uh, it feels like a long way away, but it's going to be here before we know it, and I know they got a lot of work to do. I'm just incredibly excited that the NFL can draft is coming to Green Bay, and I'm going to be there that week, and it is going to be so much fun. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, another thing I can't wait for, yes, I'm the king of the segue, uh, is Jordan Love. Hitting the field in 2023 and uh, watching his first year as a starter under the tutelage and watchful eye of one Tom Clements. Um, I think most of us, myself included, pretty much assumed that Clements would be gone if Aaron Rodgers was traded. Clearly, that hasn't happened. I got to say, I'm pleasantly surprised at Clements wanting to stick around and work with Jordan Love. I think, from what I've been able to gather both publicly and some behind-the-scenes conversations, it really feels like he really enjoyed working with Jordan last year and saw the improvement and saw his you know work with a young quarterback really kind of bearing early fruit, so to speak. And he, I think, I'm not going to say he's going to rejuvenate it or anything like that, but I do think he's you know happy where he's at, and you cannot deny his track record, especially... I think some people may forget the fact that he did work with Brett Favre when Mike McCarthy first came into town. And, you know, Favre was coming off a 29-interception season. He cut that almost in half under Tom Clemens. And then, obviously, he helped McCarthy and company kind of build up Aaron Rodgers. And um, It's funny because I think most people probably, especially Packers fans, know him through the Packers lens, which makes sense, of course. Uh, but I would point people to the work he did with Jake Delhomme. People forget uh, his work both with Kerry Collins and DeLome back in Carolina. And, you know, DeLome, not the most talented dude around, not uh, somebody who you would mistake for, you know, a dude who's got all the tools and can make all the throws, etc. One of those, you know, physical specimens that you're just like, oh, he can do anything on a football field. He really helped mold Jake DeLome into a, not just a viable NFL starter, but a really damn good starting quarterback. So... I do think he's got pelts on the wall. I'm really excited to watch Jordan Love continue to grow and develop under his watchful eye. Um, there's no guarantees that anything's going to, you know, he's going to become another Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm not saying that. But I am saying it's clear that his arrival last year certainly helped Jordan Love's development. And it certainly seems to have put Jordan on a path to. I'm not going to even say success, but to becoming at least you know a, a viable starting NFL quarterback, where it goes from there is very much up to Jordan and his work and what he does as far as developing and learning from mistakes as he goes as a starter. But man, Tom Clements sticking around, that is a major feather in Matt LaFleur's cap. The idea that, you know, uh, there's a zero doubt Aaron Rodgers made that call. You know, he literally called Matt LaFleur and said, I really think we should bring in Tom Clements. Tom admittedly said he, you know, initially wanted to work with Aaron and the chance to win a ring, etc. But the fact that he's sticking around and, you know, not only for the opportunity to work with Jordan, but also to stay in Green Bay with the Packers. I mean, this was a dude 
Never forget his press conference, his first meeting with the media a couple summers ago when, you know, he was asked what he was doing prior to coming back, and he was like, I was kicking it on my porch, drinking wine, petting my dog. That dude was living the life, you know, and he came back and is working and is continuing to work and has chosen to continue to work with Jordan on Matt's staff in Green Bay. Man, that's that's fantastic. I love it. I absolutely love it. Another thing I love is everyone chiming in in the comments. What's up, everybody? So good to see everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Dale, hello from New York City. Hope you're doing well. Hope London is treating you beautifully this evening. Uh, what else we got, folks? We got Mimsy here. What's up, man? Love the Green Bay Visitors Bureau guy at the presser today. Oh, absolutely. Brad's a, I won't say a mensch, but he's a, he's good people. No doubt about it. Um, I, I have met him in passing. Uh, he probably wouldn't remember, but uh, everyone I know who's ever dealt with him absolutely loves the guy. And as I said on Twitter, just hearing how emotional he got, you know, just knowing what it means to be from that area and to have this event now coming to Green Bay. And look, he's going to be a big part of it, is a big part of it. He's a big part of the reason it's there. So, yeah, that, that was pretty fantastic. Spencer, thanks for the Super Chat. LiveX opportunities for the draft, Banky's world. Oh, my gosh. You, you folks, I'm telling you, uh, there is going to be some synergies around this draft. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. Um, Brandy, good question. Next, does Clements prioritize skills needed over others or a shotgun approach? Um, you know, I'd love to get any kind of breakdown of what he's teaching as far as, you know, step-by-step the footwork required, what the reads are supposed to be, et cetera. They pretty much keep that behind the scenes. But I will say, you know, you can get little glimpses of what he prioritizes or what he has told his quarterbacks is important through a couple of Rogers quotes over the years. You know, he Rogers has repeatedly remarked on the number one cardinal sin of quarterbacking, which is getting outside the pocket and then throwing late over the middle, something he's talked about many times. And that is something that, you know, Clements has drilled into his head and undoubtedly every quarterback said that he's worked with. Now, sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes you do it regardless, you know, and uh, it's, it's very much a calculated risk. But as far as like a point by point breakdown, I wish, I wish, maybe someday. Um, I would point to, this is interesting. There is on YouTube one of the old school um, reels of Mike McCarthy's uh, quarterback school, which is not, you know, Tom Clement specific, obviously, but, you know, they worked with similar guys like Elvis Gerback back in the day and a few other quarterbacks. Um, and it's really fascinating to see the process. And this is back when the off season was much longer and you had more time with these guys. Mike had his quarterback school, which Clemens was a part of. Um, so there's kind of a, there's some hints there undoubtedly, but yeah, no, I'd love to get any kind of get my hands on it. It'd be fucking awesome. Mark, what's up, Mark Mendez? Go Pack Go. Mike Malone, how are you doing, man? Economic impact of $94 million for hosting the draft is still less than Rodgers' 2024 cap hit for the Jets. <laughs> Wild to think. We really dodged a bullet there. <sighs> well, that cap hit will change. Uh, I know they're working on a restructure. I saw that. Um, the economic impact thing is always hilarious to me. I mean, look, I have zero doubt the draft will bring in an economic boost. There's no doubt about it. But there have been multiple credible reports about the NFL touting the economic impact, quote-unquote, of the Super Bowl 
being absolute bogus. And I have little faith that the $94 million talking point that we've heard a hundred times since this announcement and probably we'll hear it 10,000 more times before the draft actually kicks is somewhat bogus as well. That said, I'm not discounting that, yes, it will undoubtedly, like I said, drive interest in the area. There will be an economic boost and boom because of it. I have zero doubt about that. But $94 million, all right, okay, whatever. Just pick a number. That's my, my guesswork there. Uh, Mimsy, what's up? Thanks for the Super Chat. Awesome for Vikings fans to see their 2025 number one overall pick get drafted and drive home by sundown. Happy for them. Couldn't be a, to a better team. Drive home by sundown. I love it. I'll tell you what I'm most looking forward to is the Bears being on the clock. Are you kidding me? In Green Bay? With the third overall pick, the Chicago Bears. It's going to be so great. I can't wait. Oh, that's going to be fun. Justin, thanks for the super chat. If Jordan becomes any good at all, Clements will have to get Packers Hall of Fame consideration. Three straight successful QBs would be some resume. Zero question about it. And look, I've already had – it's so funny because, you know, I put up the video or the stream early in the day usually. Like, you know, unless there's breaking news and then I'll change it. But usually I'll pick a topic and, you know, I'll want to lead with something. And inevitably someone has to sarcastically comment. And, and of course, uh, I got today – you know, his tenure as a play caller when Mike McCarthy gave up play calling and Clemens took over calling plays and he wasn't very successful at it. You know, you can't sugarcoat that. Some guys are just really good at the thing that they're good at. And that's fine. You know, some dudes we know are just not cut out to be head coaches. Some guys are not cut out to be play callers. But Tom Clements is a damn good quarterback coach. And right now, that's all I give a shit about. Amen to that. Um, Menace, what's up? Thanks for Super Chat. Read an interesting article the other day about XFL slash USFL merging and going under the NFL umbrella and being a AAA development league. Thoughts? There's been talk about that forever. You know, the issue is always going to be the financial viability of whatever entity wants to do that, right? I mean, remember, back in the day, NFL Europe served that purpose, but the owners were losing money on it, and they didn't. I guess, appreciate the benefits of the player development that they were getting out of that league. So they allowed it, you know, they folded it. And I think there's a a 100%, that's a great idea as far as the development of players. And there are always going to be guys who require a little bit more playing time to kind of round into themselves and become, uh, you know, the, the best they can be prior to like wasting away on the bench in the NFL where they don't ever get to develop, et cetera. The problem is always going to be financial viability. You know, there's a, you know, the college football exists as a feeder farm system for the NFL and has forever. And that's not going to change anytime soon. Now, is there a place for that, for the development of players who, for whatever reason, maybe even just fallen through the cracks, but have all the talent in the world, et cetera. No doubt about it. The problem is always going to be the finances. I love the idea. I think it's great. But we've heard this kind of thing so many times, so many times throughout the years. I'd love for that to happen. Uh, if For no other reason than it gives lots of guys lots of chances and time to hone their game, both as players and coaches as well. Everybody involved in the league, personnel people, etc. Like, 
It's a wonderful idea. It's just about the viability of it, you know, making it worth it, so to speak. Menace, thanks for the super chat. Follow-up, it was an opinion piece, not factual. No, no doubt. No, that's pretty much what most of the that conjecture is going to be. Terminal Frost, thank you for the super sticker. Really appreciate it. Whenever you check in, thank you so much. Callum, do you see Lucas Van Ness as the star of the future? Long way to go there, Callum. Long way to go. A lot of ball game left, as someone once said. Um, he has the potential to be, though. I'll tell you that. All the tools are there. It's all about how he develops, how quickly he can kind of, you know, not only how he adapts to his game in the NFL, right? Because they're going to be asking him to stand up and do things that he hasn't done a ton of um, throughout his you know college career. But also how he, you know, not t- just takes that teaching, but his physicality, does he continue to grow into his body? Does he uh, hit the ground running as far as his playbook? All, everything and technique and the honing of the technique and all of that. There are so many elements that go into it. The, the potential is there. There's no doubt about it. There's a reason they took him 13th overall, but there's a lot of ball game left there. A whole lot. What else we got? Wyatt, star of the future. Oh, Christopher, I'm excited to see him hit the field. You really saw just like the tip of the iceberg last year, I think. And, man, if he can hit the ground running, if he comes into camp in shape, ready to go, you know, gets those initial reps and takes off with them, let's go. I'm down with it. Mimsy, thanks again. Uh, where does live production expert Corey put the stage? That's a really good question. I know that has been uh, kind of bandied about on Twitter today because, you know, the the Packers host the draft, but the NFL are the producers. They It's their production. And so they will have a site visit soon, and they will make the determination of where the draft stage goes, right? I'll be surprised if it's in Lambeau. And, you know, it seems weird, but I think they'll probably, my guess would be, they'll put it right across the street where they sometimes have summer concerts and things, but not facing Lambeau, like, to the with Lambeau as the backdrop. And then I think they'll have a sprawl of people all the way down Titletown, down towards 41, really. Um, that's my guess. But we'll see. We'll see. I know, and it feels, like I said, I know it feels weird because you've got a 80,000 person stadium there, but, you know, they're expecting like 300,000 people to show up for this thing. I think they probably shut down Lombardi Avenue, and they have that shot, and then the reverse shot of Lambeau. Uh, That would be my guess, but I I would definitely, I I will definitely ask Corey that question. Menace, what's what's the rumpus here? Thanks for the super chat. What's one rule in the NFL you think is untouchable? Example, in Major League Baseball, the three strikes, three outs, four balls, nine innings are deemed untouchable. NFL have one? Apparently not, because every fucking offseason, we have the rules committee, the competition committee, get together and figure out new ways to fuck with the game. Did you mean to get me going, Menace? Are, they, are there any untouchable rules? Um, four downs? How's that? That's where That's where I think... We're, we're we're at at this point because seemingly every other fucking thing is allowed to be tinkered with. You know what I'd love? You know what I'd love? You know, people ask the old, if you were commissioner for a day, what would you do? Or if you were commissioner for one year, what would you do? My thing would be we would set the rules, whatever the competition committee, a little bullshit they want to do they're, they're the, again the next offseason. Okay, then we set it, and then we have a lock 
for five years where nothing changes, no adjustments for five years, and then at the end of the five-year period, you take a look, what is working, what isn't, etc. This desire to quote-unquote fix things that have no need of fixing each and every freaking offseason drives me absolutely insane. Lock it in for five years, then take a look. I mean, hell, at that point, you know, you probably, if you do it the right year, you could do it, have it come up at the same time as the collective bargaining agreement, bargaining agreement, and have those conversations. Drives me nuts. That shit drives me nuts. Um, what else we got, folks? What else we got? We got the well Hungarian. What's up, man? Thanks for super chat. Bakhtiari calls 2023 a rebuild. Aaron Jones stresses 2023 is not a rebuild. Same team, same locker room, two completely different takes. Hmm? Well, Bakhtiari did say people could see it as a rebuild. He didn't say it was a rebuild. And also, uh, yeah, this is the beauty of football. This is the absolute best part of football. You can be in a locker room with dudes who you completely disagree with, yet you're working towards a common goal. I know this is anthema to everything we are experiencing in this day and age, but that's why football is the best. You've got 11 guys working together towards a common goal, and once that ball is snapped, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have differing opinions. You're all working towards the same goal. That's why it's the best. you got guys in the locker room who have completely different backgrounds, completely different viewpoints of the world. As soon as it's kicked off, they're all on the same team. They all want the same thing. They're all going to fight like hell for each other to make it happen. The world outside needs a lot more of that. People love ripping on football and the NFL and whatever kind of nonsense they want to say about, you know, the violence of the sport and all of that. Yes, it's a violent sport, but it can teach you a hell of a lot about the world that seems to have been lost for way too long in recent memory. Guys getting me going today. Too old for this. Thanks for the super chat. Hosting the draft the same year Murphy retires is such an incredible send-off to an underappreciated career as president. Could not agree more. I saw, of course, on social media, the moment it got announced and people were trying to give Mark Murphy his flowers, oh, he wouldn't even try to augment or make a big trade or get a good player. Literally not his job. This is his curse, right? Yes, he changed the power structure. Still not his job to make trades and go get players. Yet, Packers fans will kill him for it. Totally agree, though, too old for this. Absolutely agree. It's a perfect send-off. And it sounds like, it's kind of funny how, the sounds like from the press conference this morning, it really sounds like the Packers had been told that 2025 was, you know, not going to happen. And then the league circled back and went, okay, by the way, uh, 2025 back on the table. So, it's kind of perfect, and as you said, yeah, the fact that he does have to retire, uh, you know, due to the Packers' bylaws, the president and CEO must retire at age 70. That is July 13th, 2025 for Mark Murphy. It is absolutely perfect and a completely well-deserved feather in his cap for, as you say, an underappreciated tenure as the steward of the Green Bay Packers. No question about it. What else we got, folks? Got a bunch of super chats. What's up, Minzy? Titletown statue tribute, Mark Murphy snow tubing. <laughs> I think uh, 
Uh, Aaron on Twitter has that covered. David, thanks for the super chat. Aaron, no doubt about it, Nags. You're the man. Oh, David, that's really nice of you to say. Thank you so much. Vex, thanks for the super chat. No player will ever accept the term rebuild. These athletes have worked their whole lives to compete, and you missed my first super chat. No chance I did, Vex. Oh, maybe I did. What do we got? What do we got? Justin Mimsy. Were you the very, like, we were the first one out the gate? Because I didn't miss nothing else. Got Mimsy? I don't know, man. Sometimes, you know, like you miss a wide-open wide receiver. Hell, Aaron Rodgers had a wide-open Alan Lazard last year and threw an interception right over his head. So, sorry, buddy. Uh, Quinn, thanks for Super Chat. Nags, love how positive Aaron Jones is all the time. Yeah, and I love that he calls out the idiots, too. It's pretty great. I mean, yeah, he's got a great outlook, and I think he's uh, the example the example you want to point to when it comes to carrying the G. No doubt about it. Vex, I think I found it. What's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Do you think Jerry Gray's differences with Joe Barry submarine the defense? That sounds like a bizarre situation. Yeah, there's some. There's a lot of smoke there, but I think there's some fire. I have no idea the extent of which, you know, those frictions or differences may have played into it, but I certainly do think that there is a little bit of fire there. Um, again, I have no idea as to the extent, but just little hints here and there. It sure feels like uh, the tutelage of the defensive backs will be quite different this year. Well, let's just put it that way. All right, I don't want to miss any more Super Chats. What else we got, folks? What else we got? Nags throwing shade. Hardly throwing shade. Not even. Just... Just framing things, that's all. We're just putting it in a certain light. That's all we're doing over here. All right, everybody, i got to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out and talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Everyone who is a Patreon member or a Carry the G Club member, can't wait to talk to you on the happy hour at the top of the hour. I'll see you there. Also, make sure you check those Patreon page or uh, Carry the G Club page for information about this year's meetup. It's going to be a lot of fun. It started in December. Make sure you mark your calendars. It's going to be a really good time. Everybody else, please do hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. (laughs) 